0: Well, good morning again, church. Glad you're here. I sense God's presence today wants to do, as always, something special in our hearts. Wants to speak to you and I. Isn't that awesome? God Almighty wants to speak to you and I. You know, we, have to, we have to tune in. We have to open our hearts and our ears, spiritual heart in every way. I've chosen a passage from First Peter chapter 1 today. We're calling it for a little while because there's a phrase in the text that we read for a little while. How many know that this life is short as we're going by, zooming, zooming by? Year goes by, like, wow, where did it go? And, uh, How many seem like yesterday? You just kind of like you know, we're starting out, and all of a sudden now it's wherever you're at. Life is is can get get us caught up so we forget sometimes what's where we've come from. We forget how far we've come. We forget sometimes how the Lord has helped us so many ways. And so, life with God is an adventure. Some would say, well, that's a boring thing. Church is boring. No, you're boring. God is not boring. You read the Old Testament, he's not boring. You're, you're, he is not bored. He's a God of action. He does mighty things. And he lets us in on who he is. He lets us in on Truth. He lets us in on the living word. You know, when I was in when I was in high school, it took forever to get through a year. Sitting in the classroom and this, especially this time of the year, it was like agony. I wanted to be outside and the, you know, tromping around in the woods, or the and fish, or doing something outside, just agonized, and I got to college, not quite as bad, but somewhat, agony. Throw the windows open, and it was warm already in May, and, or even April in the cities where I went to college. <sighs> I never was a golfer. But my friend said, you got to go golfing. I'll get you out. I'll teach you how to do it. Oh, yay. It's all in the swing. Then I got a little better at it because Levi, my son, was into it. He, He tried to teach me. You know, there's some things we just have to admit we'll never be good at. You know what? It's okay. I had a friend. He was another pastor friend. He was older than I, and he had seniority over, and he he was a good golfer. And he said, you're a military golfer. Oh, what's that? Left, right, left, right, left, right. You know what I mean? The ball goes that way, it goes that way. It's supposed to go down the fairway. You see that flag down there? That's where the ball, if you've never tried golfing, just try it. It will test you to the max. You want to bend it over your knee. You want to chuck it into the swamp. You know, all these feelings. It's just a game that we can get caught up in. Life has its way of, can pile up. Things can pile up. Emotions, anxieties, all kinds of feelings. Unless we have someone that we can lean on, someone that we can talk to, and I'm referring to the Lord. First, number one. When we talk to the Lord about our feelings, we become strengthened. We begin to be more at peace. Because all of a sudden you transfer your troubles onto the Lord. And guess what? The Lord is big enough to handle your trouble and my trouble. What weighs me down he's saying, Come to me. You're not capable of carrying the Lord. So for a little while, we're gonna we're gonna go into this idea of life, how quickly it goes by. But when we're in a trial, when, when you're going through a hard place in your life, it seems forever. What's the Bible say about it? Well, let's read First Peter 1, Introduction Thoughts from verses 3 on down a bit. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His great mercy, has caused us to be born again. Notice how He says, "His great mercy caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead." Someone go back and help that young man get into the church. He's, he's, he don't know which door to pull on. Here he goes. He's doing it wrong. Yeah we will we get 'em. We'll get we'll get it figured out. See, I see everything from the pulpit. <laughs> you think you you you're not being watched <laughs> to obtain an inheritance. Look at this. To obtain an inheritance. which is imperishable and undefiled will not fade But You remember the truck scene last Sunday? It had a, a, rusty, a rust bucket truck, an old Chevy. I really thought everybody was going to be impressed because it was junk, but everybody said, I want that truck. Junk now today is good, and many people say junk is good stuff. I grew up on a farm we would strip the copper Underneath the dashboards to make a buck. We'd actually go in there with tweezers and snip, snips, and snip the wires out, and then we'd burn that stuff, that coating off, if they wanted to copper raw. Things have changed. But in heaven, you have an inheritance. Why? Because of His mercy. He says, nothing, nothing can get to that inheritance. It's imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you. I love that. Who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, look, look at this phrase right now, now for a little while, Someone had said to me earlier in life that life, and he probably said this, but it didn't sink in. I heard this growing up, going to school. Those are the best days of your life. You, you've heard that. Well, I hope not, I'm thinking. <laughs> um. But now I've gotten a little older. Remember when you could run, guys? I mean, that you're my age. You know. Remember when you could run and it didn't hurt? <laughs> I mean, this is stuff. This is how we. This is how it works. We start our life. We uh, we we could do anything. We could jump off buildings. Don't it? Don't bother us. We can hook up the snowmobile. Hey. Get the skis on. I'll pull you. Okay. (laughs) It's just stupid. Hit a drift. I mean to tell you, life is full of adventure. You start out happy. Remember, Lynn and I we had a Koko. We had a Koko horse named Koko. Hard trotter, Shetland, right? The worst trotter ever. You're, you're, you're side ached. You just wanted to get off. And the crazy thing would have a stubborn mind, wouldn't want to get going from the farm, but turn that bugger around and you better hang on. Life is so full And then life can get busy. You get through high school. Maybe go to college. You're getting into life. You're working, whatever. You're finding relationships. Life can, can become, all of a sudden, we didn't plan on a health issue. Or we didn't plan on this setback. We didn't plan on it. We never planned on failing. We never... God, what is this all about? Have I done something wrong? We start to ask the question, we start to process things out. Have I, have I envied you? Have I done something to offend you? We begin to humanize, we begin to think. And Look at these verses. And it's so like, wow. If it's necessary, in verse 6, if this if in this you greatly rejoice, even now for a little while. I like little while when there's trial going on. That gives me hope. Because this this too shall pass. Someone said that. This too shall pass. Because they had learned to hang on to Jesus. They had learned to trust God. Even when they were not sure how it was all going to work out. It all goes by. God set the seasons in motion. He establishes seasons in the, na- in the natural. And you're like saying, thank God it's finally spring. Right? Those of you who've got that back from places like Hawaii for the winter, we kept a couple snow banks so you could see a little bit of winter yet. Yeah. Look at these verses. Look at the. I want you to let this soak in. In this, you greatly rejoice. What is he saying? Rejoice. Our number point, first point is rejoice from our text. What What do you mean rejoice? I'm going to trial. Well, we got to back up. We just read some verses about heaven. We just read some verses about our inheritance. In other words, this is not home. This is not the end. This is not our real home. And heaven awaits for those who will trust in the Lord Jesus. Your home in heaven will surpass anything far beyond. You can imagine? Because God is there. And where Jesus is, there is life. And we rejoice... Why should we rejoice? How can we rejoice even though we're in trial? Because God is good. And He's taken us through, sometimes He takes us through the fire. Sometimes He allows us to be taken through the fire so that we can be strengthened. And if we will choose to keep coming to God, even when we're in the fire, we will, we will turn out stronger, stronger person. Friends, you and I can't, oftentimes cannot go back. We can't go back and relive. We cannot go back and even undo the things we've done wrong. We have to bring them to Jesus and let Jesus be the one who brings the healing, who brings about the purpose in who we are. Paul said it this way, rejoice in the Lord always. Philippians 4, verse 4. He was talking about, with a very similar passage, he was talking about rejoicing that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus said that himself. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Romans chapter five verses three through five declares this, and not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. This is Paul, the one who was shipwrecked, the one who was left for dead, the one who had had hunger, the one who was burdened and bound in prison, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. Well, now wait a minute. I don't like trial. God, I don't deserve this. We live in a world, we live in a fallen world, therefore, we will have trouble, to some degree. I don't want to declare trouble on us. I want to encourage you, when you're in trouble, when you're going through the fire, so to speak, you can look to the Lord, and he understands He knows your heart. He knows your feelings. Jesus himself faced the cross. You and I are not alone in this trial. It brings about perseverance. This verse that I'm looking at, Romans 5, verses 3 through 5, these verses connect one to the other. They build on each other. So we start out, we exalt in our tribulation. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance proven character. I had a family member. He said he said it this way. You know, he was kind of being silly, and he says, "You know, I'm supposed to say says like we're in trial. We're gonna have it builds character, but it's just making a character out of me." Thanks for laughing. You know that God is more concerned about your character right now than more than anything, your character your inner man. You know that God intentionally works things in our life to build our character? You know that God is weaving things in our life to shape us to bring us to a better place than we were yesterday? You know that God loves you and I so much that he doesn't want to leave you the way you are. I love that one. You know that God loves you in spite of how you feel today, in spite of how you feel you failed him or whatever might have happened in your past recent years or months or days. It's just a little while in comparison to all eternity. This life is so momentarily. This life is like a breath. Find that in 2nd Corinthians chapter 4. For momentary, 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 I'll get it. Light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight. Look at this comparison. This life is momentary. affliction producing eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. they're like the extreme opposite. this life and the life to come are absolutely extreme opposite. while we look not at the things which we which are seen while we look but the things which are not seen for the king the things which are not seen our temporal. So everything that I see right now is temporal. Everything that I can see with my eyes right now in the in the world, it's not gonna last forever. The word declares it. Never one whom we know as eternal. Wait. Your spirit. Your spirit is that which God is after. Your spirit is that which God made. And your spirit is that which God wants to connect with. And the Bible says that His Spirit wants to bear witness with our spirit. Right? What is that what does that mean? That God is a spirit, God the Spirit. Wants to dwell and connect with your spirit and to bring you out of the miry clay. Bring you out of and set you up on a rock, bring you out of the mully grubs, bring you out of the depression, bring you out of the all the, the pain that is involved so, so often in this life that we experience. one glimpse of glory will change our entire world. I believe it. One glimpse of glory will change our attitude. It will refine us I believe this too, as a child of God, our best days are yet to come. I believe that God saves us not only from a place that separates us from him forever, but he saves us so that we might know him and see him as he is. I am learning that it's not what what I want God to do for me, but what God wants to do through me. There's no way that I can work hard enough or be good enough. And so, Lord, this little phrase in the text we read, verse 6, A little while, we have to notice this next phrase because it says, if, if, if necessary. That tells me something right there. Maybe God has, we know this, we know God knows all things, but maybe God hasn't revealed this part to us for a reason so that he he keeps us seeking him. Paul had something in his flesh. He called it a thorn in his flesh. He prayed and he knew Paul has faith, right? Paul, the apostle Paul, used mightily by God to bring healing. God says, no, not, not, not this time, Paul. Healing is a deep subject. Leave the results to God. Pray in faith. Leave the results to God. To God be the glory. Nothing I can do but trust God. Paul says or God says to Paul, here's what I'm gonna do. Because you have this thing in your life, whatever it is, we don't know for sure. It could be a health health issue, it could be something. We have speculators. You know, there's always people that We have to admit, it's okay, speculation. It doesn't matter. But God said, my grace is sufficient. In other words, because you have this weakness, you are going to depend on me more. Wow. Because you are going through the fire right now, you are depending on me more. And I believe this. God doesn't waste our pain. God doesn't play games. Your pain is noticed. The psalmist said something to the effect that he bottles our tears. What? He remembers our tears. Jesus knows when we're shedding tears. Jesus does not forget. And so we go from rejoicing because heaven awaits us. We can see beyond this world. Even if it's necessary, we've been distressed by various trials. I would dare say every one of us in this room has had to a degree some measure of trial even this last week. What is it about trial? What does the Bible say? We're not exempt from trial. We must understand one other thing of long trial. The devil doesn't want us to succeed. Therefore, we have a battle going on. And so we're aware of that. Paul said we are not ignorant of his schemes. And it's time we learn to take the word of the Lord as a sword and use it. It's a sword, right? The word of God. And the more you read it, memorize it, get it in your heart, the more you have to take the thoughts of the enemy and slice them. The shield of faith. Fiery darts cannot penetrate. Amen. You got to get on the whole armor. As just soon as you slack off a bit, one of the Old Testament stories. One of the first uh, situations when God created man. You know, you know the story. They fell in the garden. And the two brothers, Cain and Abel, came with their offering, right? Which one rose up and killed the other brother? Okay, right? Cain killed his brother Abel. Jealous. God didn't accept this. We can go all day on that one. Figuring out why, why. Here's the deal. Well, here's what I've come to. Something wasn't right in his heart. Because the following verses in that text in Genesis says something to, this, to the effect that sin is crouching at your door. Ready to pounce. But you must master it. The devil was messed. Anger arose, and he didn't have have it in him You have self-control. He kills his brother. That's another story. You see, our pain. needs to drive us to the Lord. Our pain is never going to be fixed unless we give it to God. If I take it into my own hands and have revenge, try to get even, I only make it worse. And God is saying, I know your pain. Bring it to me. I took your pain. I took your sorrow. I took all the junk and I became sin. You can have a new beginning because Jesus' mercies are new every morning. Amen. And no matter what the devil tries to remind you, you rejoice. Results. To be when it's squeezed. Here's the result. What is is Peter saying? Verse 7 The proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise. In other words, when Peter was martyred, I believe he gave praise to Jesus. When life begins to squeeze and bring its moments of pain, some of us have lost dear loved ones. Those are moments where it's difficult, and it gets squeezed. And you find out, you figure out somehow what is left. How can I go on except by the grace of God? And that's all. There, that's that's the foundation. When your world is jerked out from underneath of you, and Christ has come, my faith needs to rise up. That fight in us to stay true to stick with the stuff to stick with Jesus and Job's health went wrong when it failed his life was taken his loved ones were taken unbelievable Job said I I will praise him. Yes, Job went through the fire. Job even demonstrated some humanity. Job even got angry at God. You read the whole book. And then it says, God answered Job. See, all the friends had they had they had it all figured out. Job, you got this sin in your life. This just God is punishing you, man. And Job was just, you know, is building up. And finally he gets angry with God. And God says, Where were you? When I created this world. Job just shut up. That was. Good advice. When God speaks, be quiet. Listen. From that moment, you see a different Job. His whole demeanor changed. When God spoke to him, it's like he said, "Joe, where were you? I am in control." And so the result of trials can be that it furthers the kingdom of God. Guess what? People are watching. People are watching how you and I go on with life when we're being squeezed. When we're in the fire. There's people especially that are on the edges, or on the fence, so to speak. Not sure about this whole thing. I watching you and I, and you may be the next the person that helps move that person up another notch in their faith. The bigger picture. And the whole thing comes down to this. It was just a little while that we get to Jesus After he comes for us, either we go up in glory as he catches the church away, or we die and go to be with the Lord. We win, we win, we win, we win. It's a a hope that we we can keep before us that will help us keep clarity on the now, the present. Now, when Paul and Silas were in prison for their faith, right, that story? Remember that story? They were thrown in, they were, they were locked. I mean, they were in stocks. They were in chains. And I don't know what the Bible doesn't say, that. they said they started to sing hymns of praise in the jail, in the dungeon. And this always moved me because they could have started complaining. They could have started saying, Lord, look what we've done for you, and you, you treat us like this. So they sang praises. and I believe something happened. As the scripture says, something began to shake. The ground began to shake and the shackles were loosened. And the jailer that was supposed to be awake and paying attention, and his life was on the line because he thought, oh, they all escaped, ran out. Paul said, oh, don't do any. He was, the jailer was ready to kill himself. And he said, don't do any harm. We're all here. The jailer was touched that day because of their pain. Because he saw something greater than their pain. He saw the Lord working in their behalf. and He falls down on his knees and says, What must I do? In other words, how can I have what you have? I, I'm convinced people are watching us how we respond in our. People are walking on saying, Well, I don't know how they do it. But I have good news. When the Lord comes for us, He has great reward for those who remain faithful. And you just remain faithful. No matter, you can't change things, you can't go in the path, but you say, Lord, help me to start a new and a fresh. Help me, lead me from this place on. Lead me from this day on now. Show me how to be able to live from this moment on. And we are encouraged that Jesus reveals himself and he shows up. He shows up. He's not abandoned us. One day, Revelation 21 4 declared, He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. and There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. That's a great verse. The first things have passed away. He's talking about the New Jerusalem. He's talking about heaven coming and descending. New Jerusalem. This is talking, this is the future events. He's talking about where God is or His life. He will wipe. Every tear from their eyes. I've chosen a song to tie this all together this morning. It talks about right now we have pain, right now we may have questions. Guys, want to help me out up here? No matter where you're at today in your walk with Jesus, the good news is we can start anew and afresh. Yesterday is gone, today is new. Wouldn't it be great to be able to leave this place today knowing that you have a new beginning? That when you step out of these doors today, that you have more power, more faith,